it's the best decision I've ever made. I knew, I was very determined, this is what I have to do so this doesn't happen again. We have to get through this period to see better days. And I knew that was coming. That's what kept my eye on the prize and, you know, kept me focused. I want to be someone who people don't forget about. You know, I want people to know that Dante Washington was a good man, a good worker, a good father, a good friend, good brother, all that. You know, I want to be looked at as a, as a person that, you know, that had it all, you know. So, and that, and that doesn't mean like being wealthy or anything, it just means being respected by my peers and family. That drive, my children, absolutely, 100%. I'm never going to fail them, so I'm never going to fail. That's my motivation. And they are my number one fans. <laughs> they, they love what I'm doing and are so proud of me and they encourage me every day. I just, I love them to death. You know, that's your job as a, as a mother to do, and I'll continue to do that for the rest of their lives, for sure. Definitely comes from how I was raised, you know, from my mom and dad, and, and especially from my uh, my grandparents. Those are the ones that I I really cling to because they're very old souls. You know, grew up in Mississippi, worked hard. You know, they had farms, and and that's just who our I would say our family always gravitates gravitates to is our grandparents because they're the matriarch and patriarch of our family, and and they set the foundation for us. Before this, uh, I worked in accounting, accounts receivable and collections at a food company which delivered uh, meals to schools and also homeless shelters. So when I did collections, I had to basically threaten to cut off their supply in order to collect the money, which was not okay, you know, didn't like doing that at all. And it was also a nine to five job. And I have two young girls at home who are now nine and 11, but of course were much younger back then. Um, so I would get home at six, you know, feed them, help them with their homework, you know, and then just have time to go to bed and do it all over again. There wasn't much time for relaxing or, you know, spending much time together other than on the weekends. When I graduated out of college, because it was right around when the recession hit in 2005 is when I graduated, but I believe the recession was 2008. So, and it was just hard to maintain a sales job because a lot of people weren't really buying a lot of things. So I had to pretty much revamp who I was in that, in that four years I was going to college for, for business and marketing. So I would say that's the, the toughest time of my life that I've had so far. I wanted to change for that reason too, but also um, during that time, my husband lost his job, so I was the primary uh, caretaker of the household. Wasn't making a whole lot of money. I had to drop our medical insurance, though so we didn't have any insurance, so I was able to pay the bills, which we were barely making it, and I did that for seven months, or you know, close to a year. So it was paycheck to paycheck, um, struggling. So during that period, I knew I had to do something else in case that happened again. Well, I stayed positive and uh, I also looked for, I talked to a lot of friends and family about you know things that they've done during this time or just you know things that I could possibly look in doing because I just didn't feel the love for you know the business and marketing anymore. Also, when I was younger, I've always seen my parents struggle um, with finances, and even now, when my father's retired, um, you know he basically he has a small pension. And he lives off of Social Security, so I also it's that security that I want as well. You know, when I retire, I don't want to struggle after you know after working so hard for so long i don't want to live paycheck to paycheck you know you're supposed to be able to relax and enjoy yourself and and kind of uh 
you know, after you're done working and working so hard, you don't want to be worrying or, or having to do that or having to work anymore. I think that's what I'm looking forward to as well. You have to plan for the future. I didn't even think that a trades would be in my future at all. But again, um, it's the people, kind of your network that you have, the people you know, is usually how you know you get great opportunities, and that's what exactly happened. Uh, my brother-in-law and I were just having a conversation, probably at a local barbecue or something like that, and and he told me about the apprenticeship and and being an electrician, you know, the pay scale and the the benefits and the you know the retirement. And it all sounded very, very great and very appealing. And he just then told me that you have to go to the school for, for five years, but it's a, it's a in-school training. And then you're on the job site training too, which is even better because now you're learning it in the books and then you apply it right, right there in the field, which is, which is amazing. I was born in Elmhurst Hospital, and, um, which is in uh, DuPage County. I would definitely say I'm a, a well-rounded, you know, just a happy-go-lucky, smiley person who kind of can light up a room when I when I come in. I knew I wanted to be in the union, um, so I googled it. You know, what's a good trade for women? Uh, how do women get in the trades? And before that, I, I didn't think that I could. You know, it's not a place for women, or you know, I'm too small in stature. I'm um, 4'10 and 95 pounds, so you know. I was like, oh God, that's never gonna work out. But I've always liked working with tools and working with my hands. And it's something that I enjoy doing. So I was like, well, if I could translate that into a work environment, that'd be fantastic. I value my family and my work ethic because those are two things that I hold dear to my heart. You know, obviously my family, I'm, bo I'm born into a family, which is, which is great. And, um, as for my work ethic, that comes over time, you know, because it, it shows who you are as, as I believe a man, you know, and what you can accomplish in your life. You know, if you have good work ethic, then you can make it to the top. I think I've always been mechanically inclined. You know, I like to, to see how things work and, and take things apart and put things back together. You know, I've always enjoyed that. I think that's kind of my natural ability to adapt and overcome because of my height and it's just become natural at this point. They help you prepare not to fail. You know, there's always someone here to help you understand, to do things that you've never done before. So obviously you need someone there to be there for you, so, which is great. I was first a trainee, that's like a pre-apprentice. So if you don't have any prior construction experience, you get to get that experience, see if it works out, see if you like it, and then it helps you get in once you become an apprentice. It's You get points on your interview exam, it's like a written interview, so you get more points and you have a better chance of, of getting in at that point. And then after that, I applied to take the test, I did well, I got in right away which was perfect, I was so excited about it. Yeah, it's challenging, it's fun, it's engaging. Every day is a new challenge. Well, the IBEW school has helped me tremendously because it's very hands-on. They also give you the books as well, too. So the, you, you read what you, what you need to read, and then you come into this class the next day or the day before, and then you actually perform it. So you're, you're, you're seeing it, you're reading it, and then you're doing it. So not everybody is that type of learner, you know, which is what I love. You know, I'm a, I'm a big hands-on type person. So if I do it with my hands, I can kind of muscle memory and I can remember it. And as well as book smarts, obviously, because, you know, I completed college and I was pretty, pretty good with that. And I think the transition was just, was, was, was very seamless, you know, coming from college to here because Obviously in a college setting, you're, it's pretty much you're on your own to succeed and, and do everything. And here, it's like a brotherhood. They prepare you extremely well. There's a tremendous amount of training that goes in for safety, which is very important in our field, as well as learning your trade with the pipe bending and circuitry and HVAC and motor controls and PLCs. And there's all these classes that you have to do very well in. 
they, they prepare you very well to go out into the field. I did because it's, again, it comes down to that muscle memory. Once you do it a couple times and your brain starts to recognize it. And then now the thing is though, they only give you a part of it in the school to show you kind of what it, what it could be. But when you get out in the field, things are always changing and adapting, which is always cool because you, you have to use your critical thinking skills to, you know, you're gonna have a problem and you have to solve that problem. And then you have to use the tools that the school gave you to, as a foundation to, you know, break that problem. Actually, we receive CPR and AED training through IBW. And because of that training, I actually saved somebody's life. On that particular day, we were working at UPS, which is a factory in Hodgkins, Illinois. It was very hot. I think it was 95 degrees that day. And there's multiple levels. So you go, you know, up and down stairs and ladders. And we had been working a full eight hour day. We were scheduled to work 10, but because it was so hot, we cut it down to eight. So it was extremely hot. We worked hard all day long. And at the end of the day, we were taking back our ladders and taking back our tools. And he actually said, here, let me get your ladder. I said, no, 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 Ken, because he was an older man about, uh, I think he was 62 at the time, so uh, around retirement age. And I said, no, I'm gonna take my ladder and I'm gonna take your ladder. You're not supposed to take my ladder. So I carried both of our ladders back to the game box and you know, he was talking and he was perfectly fine. He had worked all day. And then um, our foreman had pulled up and he has a little like cart to get around um, the factory. And he usually takes one of us and drives us to the door. So like, go ahead, Ken, he's the oldest. He gets the ride to the door. So our foreman drove him to the door and we were right behind. We we're walking right behind. So it was about maybe a minute and a half behind him. So as we went to the door, we noticed him uh, laying on the ground and we ran up to him, he wasn't responsive, he wasn't breathing, so right away, you know, we told somebody to call 911, we immediately um, started CPR, we continued CPR until the ambulance came. He is alive, he had a triple bypass surgery, he did have a heart attack at the end of the day, yeah. And he was perfectly fine up until that point. I definitely think it is very diverse, there's so many different people that come here and, and, and you become, a bro again, it's a brotherhood. It is so diverse and non-discriminative. I'm a great example of that you know, because of my size and, and I was doubtful at first, but they did nothing but encourage me and push me and, and it's, it's worked out. So they're great, they're wonderful. I think the quality is very, very well off. Honestly, the teachers are very friendly. If I had any questions, I was able to go up to them and ask them. They're willing to stay late, you know, and help you if you are having trouble learning something. Having the opportunity to work with a variety of people, to see the appreciation from them when they say, you know, when they realize that you're spending time with them, whether it's a concept, whether it's a conduit bending, whether it's just simply understanding, say, like a code term, helping them get from start to finish so that they can go out to the field and they can be the ones that are training the next generation. You get a raise in salary every six months. You go up in scale. So after you, you know, hit a certain level at that six months, you get a raise. And you also, you get a great benefits package. And then you get what you, what they call a wage works card. So anything the insurance doesn't cover, your wage works card does kind of like a, in a debit card, you know, for medical expenses, you could pay your co-pays, and that doesn't come out of your take-home pay. That's something they pay into that accumulates over time. Uh, I don't think I've ever thought about becoming an electrician, you know? I never dreamed that this would be the career that, that I would have for the rest of my life, but uh, I'm happy that I am an electrician because it's there's a lot of avenues I can go being an electrician, and that's, I believe, why I became electrician after knowing that, you know, the business and marketing just wasn't, wasn't for me. What we do here is, I think, unique to any other institution in the country. We really spare no expense to make sure that these guys have the latest equipment and, and technology and, and 
methods for installation. They, they learn everything, you know, because of that. We really don't hold anything back. We spare no expense for their education here. I think it's something that isn't done in too many other parts of the country. Like we have some fantastic resources and the fact that the, the union places so much emphasis on it and that the contractors place so much emphasis on it, the fact that they both agree that this should be something special, you know, that it should go above and beyond what they do in other places, the fact that they agree on that and put so much effort into that really pays dividends for the apprentices. This industry, I think, is, is a good place for that if you're mechanically inclined and you and you like to work with your hands and, and see different things and work with different people, I think it's a perfect industry to get into, definitely. When I was doing the sales that I was doing, I felt like I couldn't help the people that needed help, and the people that didn't need help, those are the ones that I could help. So it was very taxing on me emotionally. So, and I did it for a couple years, and it's just, I, I just couldn't do it. Family, first, First and foremost, you know, you have to have a good family foundation. That's what it's all about, you know, and this provides that for me. I don't have to worry about finances. You know, most of the time we work from 6 to 2.30. I get home before the girls get home from school. We have plenty of time to relax and, and do things together, and it's just amazing. I could definitely say it has changed my life because at first I was working again, and once I made that decision, I, I felt more, I felt more secure and more, um, more like I have a purpose now, you know, and a lot of people are, you know, now are coming up to me, like asking me questions about electricity and things that they can do with their house and stuff. So it, it feels like that I am slowly getting there, you know, to where I want to be in the future. I definitely think this is the right choice and the right career for me. I would like to get another more programs around the city of Chicago or throughout Illinois, just like the one I had at Chicago Builds for the youth for them, you know, to know that there's more than just college if that's not an option for them. If they're feeling college isn't an option, why not join a trade? Why not join a union? There's more ways to become successful without a degree. And I would like to put that out, so get programs going around the city or the state, you know, if not throughout the country. I think one of my strongest beliefs is that I just, I, I love people and I want to take care of them. I want them to be happy. Whether they're people I know or not, I think, you know, I, most of the people I meet I think are just like really wonderful and... I have a core belief that if you are ambitious enough and set in stone goals, that a good work ethic will help you attain those goals, or at least get real close to them. My view of labor unions, and kind of historically what labor unions, where they came from, and the role that they've played in our society in the past, has always been about the idea that working people deserve dignified and happy life. When you take that understanding, it can extend beyond just you know, talking about wages and benefits of yourself and the people that are in your union, but also just like, what does it take to make a world where all working people can kind of enjoy the comforts? Well, I'm very ambitious. I'm tenacious too, also. I can't go without getting it done. I'm an ongoing person, I'm talkative. I, I like to communicate with people, you know, give on information. I like, I like just being me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just being a great human. I think hard work beats anything else any day of the week. And everything else, the skill, the precision and everything like that, that comes from being a hard worker and practicing day in and out your trade or your craft. 
I just, I care about people and I want to find a way to do work where I can, I can express that in some way. Before I didn't, uh, my, my beliefs were just, you know, a typical person, you know, live the American dream, get rich, get a car, but I didn't know, I didn't know how I was going to get all that accomplished. I had a scholarship to play baseball, but it was only a two-year scholarship, and I didn't, I, I kind of, like, didn't know how could a two-year scholarship impact my life after those two years. Like, I would be paying in debt, I would be in debt, um, like, I, I wouldn't know what I've done. I think probably one of my biggest challenges is that it took me a really long time to figure out what I wanted my life to be and what I wanted it to mean. You know, it was something I, I bounced around for a long time and, you know, started down a few different paths and realized that they were kind of not paths that I wanted to be going down for the rest of my life. For me to be successful is to be complacent and happy with no real issues that are in your control. To be successful for me would be to wake up on a Saturday morning before everybody else, because I'm used to waking up that early from work and seeing my wife sleeping next to me and being able to go in and check on hopefully the children that I will someday have in their room, resting peacefully, knowing that all is well, they've got a roof over their heads and uh, I'm continuing to provide for them in a wonderful way that's been provided to me. My name is Deviante Henderson. I am currently a second year apprentice in uh, IBEW, and I'm from Chicago, Illinois. But yeah, it took a lot of time and energy and effort to kind of, yeah, just figure out who I wanted to be and what, what kind of person I wanted to be and how I wanted to be able to interact with the world and then also to find ways that I could do that that were kind of honest with myself and fulfilling. I had been going through school because I, I wasn't really positive what field I wanted to get into. I reached a point where I decided, well, I'm going to hold off on school and keep working until I decide what field it is I do want to get into, whether that requires a degree or not. I mean, I'd been thinking, I just had a, a job. I was working from home. It was just like a, a bookkeeping job. I didn't love it. I didn't get to interact with people at all during the day. And I was just kind of trying to figure out what I actually wanted to do for a job. You know, I, I was 32 at the time and it just kind of felt like time to actually figure this out. Growing up, I could tell just from the start that this is who we are. Uh, this is how our family's going to be. We are just generally hard workers that value that, that ethic. I grew up in uh, Burbank, south side of Chicago, raised by a father who came here from Ireland and uh, my mother whose parents came here from Ireland. From the beginning of my life, I feel like um, work ethic was stressed in every aspect of life. Continuing to do your best at everything that you do because it's who we are as people. I wanted to be, um, I wanted to go into aviation. I knew nothing about like getting into a union or becoming an electrician or a plumber or anything. I, I, like it wasn't so much set on my mind. I was raised on the south side of Chicago and like it was very dangerous. You didn't have so many role models. You didn't have too many people being a man or like that father figure to you. But luckily I did have the father figure and pushed me on to do, do more. And you know, like, I don't have so many, you know, nice, nice houses like where I live, you know, brick houses out. So mostly apartments or things like that, matter, things of that matter, you know people outside all day, smoking, drinking, that sort of thing, yeah. I grew up in, in Maryland outside of Washington, D.C. In my family, a lot of people are engineers or scientists of some kind. They're people who are very curious about the world. I went to college in Pennsylvania, Penn State, and then I moved to Texas for a job after college. 
I was there for almost 10 years before I moved to Chicago. A lot happened in my life in the 10 years that I was in Texas. I kind of figured out what I was passionate about, uh, what kind of work I wanted to be doing, uh, what kind of person I wanted to be. I wouldn't say anything specific that I remember, but I can remember a, speci a specific point in time when my father decided that I'll, I could read a tape measure and that <laughs> I had earned that right, that he wouldn't have to double check me. He'd take me with him all the time to frame out a basement or to give him a hand setting drywall, things like that. I slowly but surely earned the right to operate our circular saw to make cuts, slowly but surely earned the right to read the tape measure and send measurements out to him when I was in the field measuring. That came much later than being the cut man. So I do remember being around 13 or 14 when I finally had reached the point where he decided that, okay, he's earned it. He can use the saw. And then a couple years later when he told me, okay, why don't you shout out some measurements to me? What are we looking at over here? And it was such a small accomplishment, but making that jump from just the grunt who's there to move two by fours and clean up the garbage to the point where I was actually sending measurements out to the, the skilled tradesmen I was working with, that was something pivotal. My life hasn't pretty much changed because I was a teen. I was living with my mom, but so much has changed after. Um, now I'm currently going into my second year, transforming from when before I was a trainee. So now I'm going to my second year and well, I'm almost completing it. I don't live with my mom anymore. I have my own vehicle. It has also changed my crowd. Yeah, like I started to hang more around with people I work with or, you know, I built a bond with a new family coming into the union. Not only getting to work like alongside other people, but getting to do projects with people and problem solve with people and, you know, have kind of like a shared goal that you're accomplishing. It's like, yes, you have your own work to do, but you know, you have kind of like this bigger project or like a building that is going up that, you know, you're doing with like a lot of other people. And that was very appealing to me. I was presented with an opportunity to begin the trainee program with Local 134. And my first two, three days on the job, I saw what some of these trained veterans, these guys that have been in the field for 20, 30 years were doing and just the artwork that they were creating. It's, it's work that we're getting paid to do, but they're putting up masterpieces of conduit installs and getting to see that, I was convicted that this is something that I would become good at. I would uh, become proficient in and it's something that I would one day be able to brag about. Everything that uh, I view NECA Technical Institute has to offer is top tier. It is top of the line. From day one, we are trained by some of the most experienced people out there to teach you pretty much every aspect that you need to go out into the field and be a respectable electrician and a mechanic. It's a fine combination of very educated instructors who know how to teach from a textbook and give it to people who don't like textbooks necessarily. So what do you learn out in the field is that you have to have people skills because a project doesn't get built from the ground up with one person or 10 people. It's gonna take 30, 40, 50, even more to work on a project. And you have to learn how to work well with each other and accept each other for your differences and learn how to pick each other up. I think that this is an extremely diverse and equitable program. Yeah, it's, you know, they, they send you to work and if you're good at work, uh, you're good at you know, doing what you need to do and you're competent and you're skilled, then you get to keep on working. You know, also for, for me, I was kind of a little bit nervous about getting into the trades just because so few women are in the building trades that it's just like, if I did have to find my own work, you know, it's just like, is somebody gonna give you a second look and, you know. Since my um, program in high school, they've been supporting me and helping me out, keeping me, you know, in the right direction. 
They've helped me financially as far as keeping me employed during this pandemic, also through school. So yeah, the, the union, they've helped me a lot. You get to prove that you can do the work um, without kind of being judged ahead of time, you know? From the start, you were making uh, an honest wage, and as a first-year apprentice, once you get into the field, you're making um, a percentage of journeyman scale, and every six months you receive a raise uh, where that percentage gets closer and closer to 100% of uh, whatever the journeyman wireman package is. So as you grow as an apprentice, uh, the money you make grows, and it doesn't take long before you realize that you hit it big by getting into this program. The IBU has certainly shown me the possibilities out there for creating a, an extremely respectable lifestyle to provide for yourself and others by working out in the field doing skilled craft work. Well, my three teachers I had back at Chicago Builds, they inspired me a lot. Mr. Miller, Mr. Matushak, Mr. Little. Yeah, they inspired me a lot into coming into the trade. Don't be afraid of something you don't know. We here at Intec teach you how to be an electrician. You don't need to know anything about the industry to come in here and be a qualified electrician. The work we do is difficult, but it's mentally rewarding, it's physically rewarding. At the end of the day, every job I've ever left, I felt like I had accomplished something. If you know what you want to do and you're very sure about it and it requires going to college, then yeah, you should go to college. If you don't know what you want to do, I wouldn't go into debt. There's a lot of jobs that you can get. And then if you think that you just want a job that basically can grow with you, look at the building trades that, you know, when, when I finish this program, I'm gonna be making $100,000 a year, I'm gonna have health insurance, I'm gonna have pension. You know, it's, those are the things that you need as a foundation to be able to, to develop your own passions and interests outside of work and to not be just hustling and scrambling all the time. And I think that at their heart, what unions are is kind of just this idea that, you know, like, we all deserve to have that. After I've joined the apprenticeship, my life has changed tremendously. Like, it's been an impact on my life. It's been a great choice. It's the best choice I think I ever made as far as picking a career. Look into it because it's worth it. It's 100% worth it. I work every day knowing that I'm doing what I love. I am convicted that I have made the right choice. My level of perseverance is almost unmatched. I'm just not a quitter. I'm gonna, if I'm doing something, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna see it through, I'm gonna give it all I got. I'm all in, whatever I'm doing. I like to build robots. I build a lot of robots in my room. Uh, it's a little hobby of mine whenever I get spare time. I always love working with my hands. You know, if I'm mopping the floor, I'm mopping that floor well. You know, if I'm building a rack in the job, I'm lining it up, I'm making sure everything is tight and right. If I want something done, I'll thrive on it until it's done, you know? I just zero focus on it. Just focus on that, that's it, nothing else. Like working with wires, putting things together, seeing how they look before it's being put together. It makes you kind of appreciate it more once you build it up, you see all the little things that go into making a robot. Things that are important to me, I'll zero in on. You know, I'll fix it before anything else. So I know that's just gonna bother me later on, but it's gonna be back in my mind. And you know, that's, that's something I wanna get rid of right away. If I'm just listening to a kid, just talking about having a rough day, I'm all in listening, you know? I was always a meticulous type of person, so that was kind of, my way of showing. I'm a perfectionist, I guess you can say. I just started or got into doing code with the robots so you can program to do whatever you want. Yeah, you can make them do different things. So it's just like whatever I'm doing, 
I'm, and if I say I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna see it through to the best of my ability and I'm not gonna quit. Growing up in the child welfare system uh, was a challenge because, you know, you don't have that stability. You don't have that typical stability that a child should have. A two-parent household, not even a one-parent household, because now you're with foster parents, and then you're in these group home situations. Something I want to accomplish is that I want to be, I don't want to be the best, but I want to be well-known throughout a lot of electricians and for them to say, oh, I know him, you know, he's a real good electrician. You know, he's very smart, very talented, you know, awesome guy, great guy. That's what I really want in the end. Having a, a goal in mind, whatever that is, and then striving after it. I don't know, maybe that's being an entrepreneur and you working hard at it and you eventually become an entrepreneur and you're good at it, good at your job, good at that um, career. You do it to the best of your ability. Growing up poor, it would say, you know, was, was quite a challenge because, so he put me back in, in high school, right? I am this superstar triathlete, but you know, I'm poor. So it's just like a struggle to just like, all my other friends, like, they, like, I've never really been into gym shoes and stuff like that, but as a, as a basketball player, what is everybody? Everybody's wearing Jordans. I didn't have Jordans, you know. I, I you know, had some, actually, in seventh and eighth grade, I was playing basketball in those Payless Pro Wings. That was very embarrassing, but, you know, can't do anything about it. Make a good living, whether I have a family later on or if I'm single, making sure that I'm able to provide and take care of them making sure they're, they have all they need and want. I haven't looked that far ahead, but so far that's what I have. Actually, like, now that I think about it, historically, like people, or my family and friends, like they talk bad about unions, like unions are this and use that, but they, you know, so it was just like, you know, I had like a bad, you know, taste in my mouth for unions, but I didn't know anything about them. And that was always go to college, you know, get a good education, get, you know, get your job. But that is not true, okay? I got $70,000 worth of student loan debt to tell you uh, that may not be the best way to go. Back in those days, I know in high school, they tried offering me, they tried, you know, they tried to take me, I guess, off my course. And from there, I ignored it, you know, I didn't follow them and chose my own career, chose my own path. So that's where I just decided that's not, that's not where I want to be. And I just did my own thing. I'm trying to find something to do that's more lucrative. Like I'm, I want a good paying job. Those struggle, even as an adult who has worked hard, I have an associate's degree, I have a bachelor's degree, I'm working on my master's degree and I can't take a vacation. To, you know, it's just because all I can do, all I can do is afford to pay my bills and, you know, take care of myself and, you know, like, you know, go out. I can take myself out to, you know, dinner every now and then, hang out, party, but to do, you know, to really en enjoy, you know, adult recreation, it was just impossible on a salary of, of thirty-five dollars to $38,000 a year. Not like far back in my past, maybe like recently, like in high school, I went to be an electrician. But before that, I was looking at being an electrical engineer. Or uh, I was big into, when I was real little, I was big into like dinosaur bones and fossils. So I wanted to be a paleontologist. Yeah, I'll say that those two are the, the biggest things, paleontologist and electrical engineer. And I, I started having a desire for electrical work I'll probably stay in high school, freshman year. I'm from Chicago, Illinois. I was born and raised in Chicago. I was raised as a Christian, as a Jehovah Witness. And so a lot of my decisions are directed from the Bible. I've been raised like that. My parents have been raised like that. Basically live my life to try to live up to the standards 
of the Bible and that helps guide the decisions that I make. My father is from Mexico. My mother is born here. I live in the city. I live um, in Pilsen. It's mostly Mexican. I grew up there. Before this, I was in high school. I got in right after high school. Senior year, I found um, I found a flyer about promoting Local 134 called, you know, they told me the information. I went to Instituto, which is a college, a community college. From there, you know, I piqued my interest and they said, hey, you know, you should try for the apprenticeship. Gave me the information for the apprenticeship, came here, got the information, filled it out, submitted the exam, got in, I went to the apprenticeship right directly from there. I passed, you know, three years later, I'm here. I've been in a, a, lot, of, a lot of character building situations. So I, uh, I spent my uh, younger years in Chicago uh, on the south side. I grew up with my aunt, my uh, maternal aunt. So my biological parents were, uh, we were estranged. My, my biological father, I didn't meet him until I was 27. And then my biological mother was, uh, had, was dealing with some uh, drug addiction. And uh, so my, my aunt, which is her older sister, stepped in to raise myself and my other four sisters. So all five of us, we lived with her during our late adolescence to teenage years. So after high school, uh, I didn't uh, go to a big uh, division one because I, I had to work my senior year in high school. So I didn't even actually play basketball my senior year. I played softball and volleyball, but I didn't play basketball because I had to, I had to get a job to help support myself. So I, the first two years after high school, I stayed home and I went to Malcolm X College, still playing basketball, still was a scholar athlete. And then I went to Southern University in New Orleans. My last year of high school, I was a part of this program called Chicago Builds. And it's pretty much a program in Chicago at a local high school where they teach you different trades. So we had carpentry, we had HVAC, we had welding, we had electrical. And I kind of went in already excited about electrical, had my mind made up. But it's always good to you know, explore different options um, just in case you might like something else. But once I start doing electrical work and seeing what goes into it, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm doing this. I went into um, electrical after that. The instructors were IBW instructors. So they helped me get into the, um, the trainee program. And from the trainee program, I started my, well, took the test, then I started my apprenticeship, so. And that's where I was at, because I actually fell in love with the city of New Orleans, and I moved to New Orleans. And I was, it was, so it was like, graduation was happening June 2005, and then I was preparing to uh, go overseas to play basketball, but then I had some hiccups. So it was May, the Memorial Day weekend. I had a car accident and I busted up my knee really bad. Like I didn't like tear any ligaments or break any bones or anything, but it was damaged really bad. And I was in a, a soft cast for three months. I gained like 30 pounds. So I'm like distraught, you know, I'm like my, my dreams. Cause now, now I'm training to go overseas. So I was a little distraught about that, not being able to do that. But then I got back on track and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna train, I'm gonna get back. And then now it's, it's the fall. And I'm like, I got me in a, a, an apartment. I got a job at the school. So I'm working for my school, got my own place, training to go overseas, rehabbing my uh, knee. And then August comes and Hurricane Katrina just kind of just ends all that. All my levels that I could reach. You know, I want to understand, I want to perform. I just have like this desire to accomplish things, to get things done, to finish in a way. So that's something that, you know, I really am looking forward to. You know, I try to like figure out, you know, what do I need to do to, you know, accomplish what I want to do. I don't think you can get this type of 
training anywhere else. They set high standards here, so, and it's a good thing, so that when you go out in the field, or when someone sees your work, they're like, wow, that's, that's nice, or that looks good, or that works. So it all pays off, uh, being meticulous, paying attention to detail. Yeah, there's definitely um, ways you can grow with a contract, and it, I, I, it all depends on the, the type of contract you have. With mine, it's a small contract, but we work with a bigger one, and they're doing O'Hare, O'Hare Airport type work. Actually pretty excited when I found out that I was working at O'Hare Airport, and the, one of the first things they had us doing, one of the first jobs was putting runway lights on the runway for the airplanes, so that, that was pretty exciting. I was a little, I wouldn't say nervous, but anxious because there are planes that are flying over you as you're working. So, and it's like, I'm, I'm looking around like, does anyone else see this? <laughs> well, like, I'm new, so I'm, I'm all excited about the plane and everybody else is still working, so I have to play it cool. It's pretty amazing working at the airport. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I feel like I'm important. When you have a, you have a badge, you have to sign in. So, yeah. Yeah, you have different accesses to the airport that a regular person wouldn't have. You also have to take quite a few tests because you, um, you have to drive on a, on a runway. So you have to take a test on the different signs, what they mean, how fast you can go, where you can go and where you can't go because the slightest mistake and you're gone. <laughs> I had never thought about it, I just stumbled upon it. I was passionate about working in, in social service and I was gonna dedicate my, but then once I lost my passion and I left, I had, you know, I had thought about the trades because I had been to uh, Seawit, Chicago Women in Trades, and I had went to one of their little seminars, and, um, but I, then I had decided I'm gonna be a truck driver. And, but then I went to this seminar and I was like, well, this is better. He's giving, he, he's giving out the details. He's like, this is what will happen. You will take your test. It's not biased, third party administration of the test. So it's not, we have no, the IBEW, has no control over who gets in. It's completely fair. These are things that I'm not used to hearing. Also things that I have not heard about unions. You gotta know somebody to get in. These are the things that people have told me when I'm younger, you know, so I'm like, oh, I don't wanna deal with that. But now I come to this seminar, it's like, totally unbiased third party testing. You are in control of whether you get in or not. Based on your application, based on your test scores will determine whether you get into the cohort. And then he's like, you come out, you're gonna get 40% of journeyman wage. And at the time it was like uh, uh, $47 or something like that. And so at the time coming out, you would get $18, it was like 18.10. I was like doing the numbers in my head. And I'm like, I've been working for this place for 10 years and I'm making $19 an hour. You telling me, I go to school for 11 weeks and I coming out, I come out and I make $18 and then six months after that, I get a raise. And then six months after that, I get a raise. These are things that were unheard of where I grew up. That kind of money and that, those type of uh, promotions, you know, you have to get a degree to make more money. That's how I got most of my college debt, trying to get a master's so that I can go from 38,000 to 50,000. So when I'm hearing this presentation, I'm just like, BS. I'm calling BS, right? And I'm like, okay, I gotta do this because this is a perfect opportunity. I'm like, I'm gonna do this application. I'm gonna, you know, see if what he's saying is true. It's true. Lo and behold, every single word he said was true. Notice that IVU does take a lot of precautions. They always want people to go back home to their families. They always try to look out for you know, your life and then your family's life. That's what I think that it's very awesome about it. That, you know, they always try to find ways to keep you safe from the work that you're doing. Just like COVID, we have you know masks and a face shield. A lot of schools just require masks, but you know IBU requires a face shield as well. So that's just one precaution I noticed that they try to keep people safe. I was actually a part of a, a cycle that had nine women. We had a very diverse group, and everybody was treated fairly. Nobody was disrespected, treated differently because they were a woman or an Asian or a Latino or African-American. Well, IBW is helping to see that 
There's a lot more to being an electrician. There's a lot of different fields you can go into in the electrical work. So it isn't just like before, I thought it was just splicing outlets and lights, but there's a lot more heavy duty work and there's some like low voltage work that you can do. So it's, a, it's an abundant of uh, crafts that goes into electrical work. And I just found that out getting, I mean, yeah, getting here, that there's so much you can do in this field. Within this building, you have everything that you need to be a successful electrician if you take advantage of it. The, the, the technology, we have everything. All the new vendors, huge computer labs, after school time, the school is open to you whenever you need. If you feel like you are not getting some things, you can meet with an instructor or you can stay out at the school by yourself as long as the school is open. It was guaranteed, really. That was what it, that was, what it was. That I know, going into this program, taking an 11 week course, I was gonna get a job right away. That's what it was. That's what you know, sealed the deal for me. So it's like, if you had told 17-year-old me that by the time you're 23 years old, you could be making $102,000, I'm not 100% sure I would've went to college. You know, the process is school. You know, all these, all the classes through the process are accredited through, you know, the city colleges. So it's like, you're not abandoning education. You're just going about it a different way. Make money. That's what I liked about it. It was very forward, very direct, really got me hooked. When I talk about what I heard from Mr. King the first time I heard this presentation, I'm just like, nah. <laughs> he's I'm like, he's lying. He's just trying to recruit, you know? Because that, these are not things that, that you hear normally, you know? It's not like you don't hear about this level of progression when it comes to a career in, in my community. Give the trades a try. Any woman that's looking to be financially free, looking to do something non-traditional, the IBEW will give you that opportunity. The opportunities that you have within skilled trades are still in line with traditional education. My advice would be to find out what you love to do, what you have a passion for, and go after it. The IBEW, um, and the apprenticeship program gave me the ability to take control of my life. I had to work my way out of a hole. Well, but I'm pretty sure if you had told 17-year-old me, hey, in five years you'd be making $102,000, I would have said, sign me up. Just like that.